Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III. We are continuing our Falcon and the Winter Soldier coverage, Episode 5, Truth. And uh, this was a great episode, and I'm really looking forward to diving into it. Let's introduce the panel. First, the super producer. As always, he is Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well, uh, you know, just hanging in there. It's another Tuesday. One more episode left. There's a lot of thoughts. How are you, AC? Yeah, plenty. Plenty for sure. Uh, we also have the Rome dog in the house. Uh, Jerome Chang, Black Dragon Rule. How are you doing, sir? I clearly wasn't paying attention until the end of the episode where everyone I was talking to was like, one more left. I'm like, there's only one more left of this season? Um, there's a lot to cover, but no, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. And we have two guests with us. Uh, Stephanie Williams will be back with us next week. She's she's doing big things in the comic book world. Uh, she'll return next week, but we do have two special guests with us. First, um, a, Twitter, a, Twitter, a Twitter timeline who I enjoy plenty much, and uh, this is her first time on the show. Uh, Sophia is in the house. Sophia, how are you? Welcome to the program. I'm good. How is everybody? Excellent. Good, good, good. Excellent, excellent. And finally, and finally, uh, he's a friend of the show. You know him as an ESPN senior writer. Uh, one of the best to do it. Howard Bryant's in the house with us. Howard, welcome to the program. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. You see, this is like, like I always tell people not to like grade, grub, and beg and whatnot, but you know, I was like, let's put out some tweets so maybe I'll get an invitation so we can like let this go. <laughs> so I violated my I violated my own rules and did a little surreptitious grade grub and hoping I could get on and look, look what happens. You see I mean, I I don't I, your your main point of contact is uh, AC, but like my DMs are open. You don't need to grub. I mean, I, I, I you know, no, no. There's you, you got to do it. The pro you got to go through yeah. the timeline. Yeah, you got to right, put right, out right, feelers right. and see you what can. Like, you, you know what? It's like buy invite only. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I love the air of exclusivity that you're putting on the show. It really is. Exactly. Would love to talk about this episode if anyone would have me. You still have. To <laughs> I am happy for the invite. Thank you for having me. Thank you for yeah, being absolutely. Here. And um, as customary as we do when we have a new guest with us, uh, we kind of get an overlay of what they think of the series. Uh, Howard, I'll start with you. To this point, before episode five, uh, what has been your take? How have you received this series? Well, let's start from the beginning. I got problems, all right? Let's start from the very beginning. I was, and I, and I don't know why we, and we, we do this because we always need things to compare it to. I was totally open to WandaVision. Had no idea what it was gonna be, but loved both characters. So I was like, okay, when it started, I was in. You know, I didn't even know what the concept was or what the conceit was, but I was in. But this one, I'm, I've never been a Bucky fan. The Winter Soldier as a character has done nothing for me. I've always felt that the Winter Soldier character reminded me a little bit of like Spider-Man and the Black Cat back in the day. It's like when superheroes have to fight women, right? It's like, you can't really beat them up, right? And they get to beat the hell out of you. And so that's what happens with Winter Soldier. So you've got all this psychological nonsense with Cap and Bucky. Bucky's just demolishing Cap, right? And, and, and Winter Soldier is like just crushing him. And, you know, and Cap's got to pull his punches. And I'm like, okay, if I hear one more Coney Island reference, it just doesn't, you know, the Bucky character just never really hit me, right? And right. so, and I got to tell you, 
you know, when we were on the show last time and we talked about this, I'd always said that generally speaking for me, because I'm like old, if I read you as a kid, I'm going to give you a shot. But if I didn't read you, I'm probably not going to watch you because there's other stuff happening. And Captain America and the Falcon, it's really interesting that the Captain America um, title never grabbed me. And Captain America always needed partners. And so the comic itself was never really that strong. So for, for the Sam Wilson character to really get me on screen, Anthony Mackie had to do some work, right? You had to make that character really, really compelling. And I was like, neither one of these guys are really, nah, can they pull it off? So I went into it. I went into it with a lot of skepticism. And I would say episode four, the world is watching. Um, I was like, okay, Winter Soldier is starting to show me something. I finally went Team Bucky in episode five. That was something. The Sam Wilson character, I will let everybody talk and then I have a lot to say. So, um, but the initial jump, it was very clear to me that they were going to, they were gonna lean in very heavily on, um, you know, on Sam's, on a level of blackness that they didn't do throughout the Captain America Avengers, throughout the MCU. I love the fact that they settled him in the, um, you know, in the Delta. You know, I liked that, that he was, you know, actually they're down in New Orleans. So, I mean, at the end, you know, at the bottom, you know, I sort of liked that they centered him and his family where, you know, in, in a very unique place in Black America, that, you know, it wasn't Luke Cage ex-con, right? It wasn't, it was a real place of, of Black history, Black hard work, Black um, humility, and just real every day. It was that working class stuff that they usually reserve for white characters and for, for white America in general. So I really, I, I liked that. Had to see where it was going to go. And I've, it's, it's, it, it caught me. I think it caught me episode Episode three, when they said at the end of episode three, when they were going to go find Zemo, I said, okay, I'm in. And then four and five have been terrific. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely fair to say. Sophia, how about you? How have you received this series to this point? Okay. So when the show first started, before it started, I really wasn't interested because Sam's character is not, he doesn't do, before now, he doesn't do it for me. He's not like interesting for me. He doesn't make me excited when he got the shield at the end of the Marvel movies and stuff, I wasn't like excited. Like everybody else was like, oh, he's going to be captain in America. And I just, it didn't do, it didn't make me feel like what everybody else was feeling, I guess. Like I wasn't excited that he was going to be captain America because they didn't like, he had no back, like he had backstory, but it wasn't like a backstory for me that I felt like it meant something, I guess. Like, I guess that everyone else meant something. Um, um Bucky's character I guess the actor more than him I guess for I guess is made it something made it made me want to watch it I guess a lot of the Sebastian Stan stands yes yes yeah. of course yeah. so I guess that's why but on my timeline I've said before like I gave the first episode a try and it was not good I don't think it was like I I tried and then the second episode was like me staying up to three o'clock to watch it and it was just me wondering why I was staying up to three o'clock to watch it but the third episode I was like I'm gonna give it one more try and the third episode was the one when it got Zemo and he like lifted the show I felt like they needed him to lift mm -hmm. the show it yeah. gave it a direction of where we were going and that's 
was good and then the stuff when they got Isaiah and we had more background and stuff that made the show get a better direction but still I don't know like stuff like they they're doing better with Sam I feel like some stuff they did with Sam um because they concentrated more on the, the black his black background stuff at the beginning it felt some stuff felt a little bit mm, kind of stuff wasn't like the best and like now it's better like it's more grounded it's more grounding of the stuff some it feels stuff more specific and yeah. is the big thing okay i don't want to cut in but yeah. i feel like that's the thing that's changed is it feels rather than just like the general yeah things that happen to black people it feels like a specific like, thing that's happening to him if we like get specific like okay so like when when he was when he was like talking to the kid and was like why do you want to call me black falcon it was just like okay like it was like a, like you know when you have conversations it was like they picked it felt like they picked pieces of conversation and they threw it in the show to just make it talking points instead of having like a background of the talking point like it was like just like a back like when the police came and everyone i feel like everyone was like oh no the police are here and he, we all felt like we knew where the, the scene was gonna go but then it was like oh no it's for bucky and like they arrested bucky and it was like oh okay like okay that's what they did so it was like a swerve on why the police were there in the end and it was just like yeah, yeah there was a mm-hmm. there's a lot of hocus pocus going on there and and it was a lot of it, it was real gratuitous in a lot of ways. I was like, okay, so Sam, so Sam Wilson's going to give us the full black experience here. He's not going to get alone, right? Yeah. He, and then he's going to get racially profiled. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And so it's like, okay, what other black, you know, boxes do we have to check to have Sam Wilson sort of experience for all of us to go? Oh, by the way. Oh, and by the way, you also have a kid who won't even view you as anything but Black Falcon. I just happen to be a Falcon. I'm just a Falcon who happens to be Black, right? Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't say that, right? So, hundred percent, hundred percent on that. And and also, I think that the other piece of this is the aimless nature of being a sidekick. Right. I mean, what Sophia is really saying, and at least to me, is how many of you can be a leading man? How many of you can lead a program? How many? I was the biggest shock I had on WandaVision was Elizabeth Olsen can run a pro- she can run a show. Yeah, I'll watch. Yeah, yeah. She, she carried it. I was like, OK, because yeah. I wasn't quite sure she had that in her. And so now that's sort of the the test for for Falcon and also. Now, Sebastian Stan is a great, he's a great actor. He's a great presence. And, you know, Zemo, great, great presence, right? Mm-hmm. So those guys really elevate the, the, the program. Now you can get into the story because you still need characters. You need somebody who can carry a scene, somebody who can, that you want to follow. And I think that it's actually like, the thing that makes it so hard for, I think, Falcon to be the lead of a show is I think is actually what I think made Anthony Mackie his strength as being Falcon in especially the Winter Soldier, where although it might stretch believability a little bit, you have to believe that this guy who just met Steve like twice is willing to like, you know, go into battle with him immediately. And there's a way that he can fully like get on board with people and be the guy that you trust implicitly immediately. But that guy is not also the type of guy who's usually coming up with his own plans. You know what I mean? Like he's the guy you call when you have your own plan. And so I think that, and I think by episode on episode four, I think is when I finally saw something from Sam that yeah. made me like, oh, th- when he was having the scene with Carly, where it's like, okay, this is an individual personality trait that is not about him relating to other people. It's about him having his own, you know, center and stuff like that. So I think that they had to 
I think that there wasn't enough there in the pre-existing stuff to build the full character to lead a show. But I think as they actually like add more stuff to it, the more full of a character becomes and the more I like it. And I'm willing to be like, okay, yeah, this is the main character of a show. Well, let's not forget. Let's also not forget that in addition, you get to civil war and he just sacrifices himself. Yeah. Some of us aren't getting out of this. He's just right. like, I'm willing to go to prison for you, Cap. Right? I mean, there there is some, but you know, when you think about the history of buddy movies and film, those those relationships don't always get explained. Like when you Mm -hmm. watch a movie like Tombstone or Butch Cassidy or something, you know, why would you why would you ride with this guy? It doesn't if you say a bad point. thing about Doc Holliday and Tombstone, you're getting kicked off the pot. I'm just going to say it. It was like, you okay. can retire now, Val. Yeah. Sorry. That dusky hued Lady Satan. I was like, oh, yeah. All right. This is the, you know, that's, you know, but when you look at those characters, um, even when you watch, when you watch Winter Soldier, there was something about Cap that Sam was like, I'm riding with this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's something about your values. And so then when you start to transition forward into this, when you give him the shield at the end of Endgame, now you're thinking, okay, you've got to develop some level of qualities inside of him as a character that make you say, okay, it's the same thing as the hammer, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be worthy of the shield. Yeah. What makes you worthy of the shield? So this whole idea of worthiness and, and Sam does that. What struck me as interesting as well is, okay, what devices are you going to use throughout this story to build his worthiness? And that is exactly the sort of issue I had with him as a character, which is he has completely, in today's moment, which is the juxtaposition, he has leaned in 100% into the American dream. And he has decided that he's not going to critique whiteness the way we critique, critique whiteness now. He's not going to be very skeptical the same, you know, he, he meets Isaiah and my goodness, don't give me that old man, that, that bitter old man. So I'm like, who are you, dude? I mean, it was like, there was, I think I put out a tweet and I said, there's a lot of 2008 Grant Park in him. He's a post-racial character that he, he is willing to believe well, the, he thinks he's overcome. He thinks he went through the system. Yeah. and Yes, we can. Yes, we, exactly. He's a, yeah. But what gets me about him is that he's made enormous promises to people and shown absolutely no, he's, he's got no return. You know, he's looking at his yeah. sister. I'll take care of this. No, you won't. You can't even get along. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, right. He talks, he talks mm-hmm. to Sharon. I'll get you a pardon. You can't even get a loan. How are you going to get a pardon? Yeah. Right. And so he tells know, Isaiah the same thing. He even promises he Isaiah. Yeah, exactly. In this episode. He's making, he's making these promises because he believes. And what that does in a lot of ways, in some ways, it runs the risk of turning him, turning him into a sellout character. You're hoping there's some payoff here at the end, you know, where there, there where all this belief is rewarded where Isaiah is like, open your eyes, son, <laughs> right? That's not going to happen. And then, of course, I love the hilariously gratuitous playing with your nephews, and they call you by your actual name, Uncle Sam, right? <laughs> yeah. No metaphor to the United States there, Uncle Sam. Right. Like, And you're going to be the next Captain America, and you actually happen to be Uncle Sam. So all wow. of these things are leading us to 
whether he's going to like totally, it's going to be like the end of get out where you get the win or it's like, okay, he's going to get killed at the end of the movie. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. what is the, where's the payoff for him? And he's talking to Carly and Carly's looking at him too. And she's essentially saying, join us. You know better than to be on that side. What mm-hmm. are you doing? You know the right side and you still won't do it. So there's that, there's a very interesting arc there with Sam Wilson that has not yet been fully realized. And I was asking my son when we were watching this, can you tie up that loose end in one more show? Mm-hmm. I, and I think yeah. that, I think an, an uncharitable reading of his promises, because I noticed that too. And I think that beyond, uh, I think so much of, I think his great strength as a character and as like a person is that he's very empathetic and wants everyone to be well. But unfortunately what that does in real life and in the show is that you make promises you can't keep because at some point, if you want, you can't simultaneously, you can't want Carly to have a happy ending and also want Sharon to have a happy ending and also want all these people. And so I think that he, I think he's kind of, he can't help. I don't say he can't help, but I think that he's kind of, tied himself to the anchor that is these beliefs in America and the American dream, because if not, then too many people that he cares about will lose. And he can't accept that, that he can't accept that maybe not everyone can win. Um, Yeah. By having that American dream, he's leading them into their death. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, and that's why it's been, it's been a very interesting sort of dynamic in terms of where the storyline is going, because you have to do certain things to make a villain a villain, right? You've got to have these certain pieces that make you say, okay, when you get yours, I won't be upset, right? So, you know, when Redford kills Renata in Winter Soldier, okay, yeah, you got it coming, right? You just killed, <laughs> you just shot the maid, right? You just <laughs> murdered the maid because she forgot her phone. So now mm-hmm. we know that whatever happens to you, we're good with. So they're trying to thread a very, very tight um, line here um with Carly because Carly's actually she's actually a protagonist so they're trying to turn her into you know every now and then she does some rogue stuff right she does villain stuff and so when you start killing innocent people that takes the edge off of your off of you being a protagonist and so you essentially have two protagonists in the show because to me as of now Carly's cause is still the just cause, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, her tactics are going darker and darker and darker, but her cause, mm-hmm. who do you actually trust? Do you trust these, you know, these enormous global government entities that wanna go back to the way things were? Or do you trust somebody who's actually, you know, who actually has ideals? Mm-hmm. It's interesting right. what they're gonna do with that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because it's like when the conversation always comes up. Zemo talks about this um, in terms of means. Another to an protagonist end. in his own way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, all of these, all of these conversations kind of come back to that. And and I think to the point earlier that you guys were talking about Sam and is I think it's something that the writers didn't do a great job of in the beginning of this series. It's just it didn't. It never felt like he was clearly defined in what he was trying to do and they wrote him more as this very stoic uh so not one say soft spoken but i didn't know his intentions necessarily That's because right. it's like when you get to the giving up the shield aspect of it and then bucky asks him all he really says is i did what i thought was right but he doesn't actually verbalize the That's reasonings right. 
Well, and he's got that. no base. He's got no baseline where you can assume that you know what he meant when he said that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so all of those different things create. Um, it, it made me question when I looked at this, and I, I said, because the characters and because the performances are so good, the MCU falls out of trees and lands on its feet a lot. Right. Because yeah. you're so invested in the story and you're so invested in these characters. There's a lot of holes when you start looking at it. Obviously, it's impossible to do, you know, 23 films and then right. you know, two TV shows. Yeah. And then I mean, mm -hmm. and never mind the previous ones on Netflix and not have holes. But you're 100 percent right. When you look at the Sam Wilson character to Anthony's point, it's like, who are actually are you? Right. Yeah. Who are you? Like, what is your motivation? And I have to say something else as well when you were asking kind of the first initial impressions about the show. If you take this and take WandaVision together and then combine it with the, with the MCU, my God, am I sick of the government? I'm sick of the government. I'm sick of the government. I'm sick of the military. Right. It's like the way they have centered all the superhero universe into the military industrial complex which is not consistent with how we grew up. These were all just rogues, you know, Peter Parker's a 10th grader who got bitten by a spider. He wasn't right. like part of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, he's not mm -hmm. part of the CIA equivalent or he's not, you know, you know, Stark Industries, you know, the defense contractor. I mean, so all of these, so every single thing that the MCU has, whether we're talking about space, whether we're talking about being on the ground, whether we're talking about espionage, it's all tied in to this, this military government thing that, takes away a little bit of the individuality of it, of the, of the actual um, characters themselves. I'm like, is everybody here a government agent? Mm -hmm. Isn't That's also kind of like just the whole, like you appreciate the connectiveness of the universe, but I think very often it can work against it, that everything needs to exist relative to everything else. And story, like one thing that had felt very refreshing about WandaVision outside of, of course, parts where they do try to connect back is that it felt like its own contained story yes. and it wasn't yes. dependent on a larger threat or a larger evil and it existed within its own bubble. So, you know, um, that that's definitely the kind of thing that I, I had mentioned to the guys uh, on a bunch of the episodes ever since Endgame finished where it's just, I don't, for a long time, I'd rather not see one thread that everything needs to connect to i yeah. really want to see things kind of live independently on their mm -hmm. own um and it looks like we're kind of going in that direction with at least existing in different spaces like maybe there's space there's earth there's like all these different areas and yeah you're going to still have crossover because that's just the universe you built out but it won't necessarily be all building toward a looming threat that's um, right. yeah yeah and that's fair um what I, one of the things that i did want to jump into and uh, normally we do a recap, but I feel like this conversation is so interesting that we can kind of go off different tangents and, and kind of figure things out as we go. Um, the opening scene of Truth is really great. And, and it, it had a lot of vibes to uh, Civil War where the, the Bucky-Steve versus Iron Man fight, and this time it's, it's Bucky and, and uh, Falcon, versus John Walker. Even and Infinity was War, a, where they try to take the gauntlet from Thanos. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah, that too. That's like where I was leaning a lot of, yeah. Especially as, as they're pulling away and stuff. But. As they're pulling the shield off. Very yeah. good point. Um, yeah, there's a there was a personal element to it. Uh, I think for everybody involved, I think there's symbolism at the, at, at the end of it where Bucky drops the shield and you kind of don't know whether he's, 
the way that he looks at Sam is whether it's disgust or it's just like, here, this is yours. Can you take it, please? Yeah, that's uh, right. th- that's what it kind of felt yeah. like. I read it as me. the second, but I do like that it's either because I did. It, it isn't clear. This is your yeah. Destiny. It isn't clear. This is your destiny, whether you want it to be or not. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it destiny, right? I you took never, it as if you never gave it away, we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have this. Yeah, yeah. And that was the disdain in Bucky's face. He's like, "This is on you, dude." You <laughs> yeah, we had to go through all of this. Because you wouldn't take it in the first place. And now we're and, back where we yeah. started. And yeah. I think that there's part of it too with Bucky with his history of being, you know, a super assassin, where it's like specifically not just this is what we get because you gave it up. It's how did you not that this was how it always was going to end if you gave it That's up. Right. They always were going to give it to we a were all going to end up worthy. here. Yeah. It always was going to happen. And so, like, now you realize, okay, you learned, you learned it the hard way, but come on, let's get it over with. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, once again, um, uh, White Russell in in this in this not only this role but this scene, just like before the fight itself, as he's kind of just disintegrating, his he has the flashbacks to everything that Lamar told him, and it's just like the dude completely loses it. It's uh, it's just another really impressive performance as playing a man who lost, and I think you know continuing on the performance. AC, I just want to shout out one thing. There's one specific yeah. shot that happens before Bucky and uh, Sam arrive where it's a wide shot in there and he's just kneeling with the shield yeah. itself. And I remember texting, like I want, like with uh, friends I was watching with, I'm like, this is an amazing shot. Just the look of that alone um, probably did more than any of like the anguish and the flashbacks of what was going on. And like, I mean, credit Wyatt Russell for the acting through it, but I just, I remember seeing that too in, I think what I also really liked about it was it felt like a comic panel. It felt like the cover of something, which is uh, sometimes in grounding this universe, you lose just like, you just want something that looks like a comic book that feels like it's taking you into a different uh, universe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and as it ends up, uh, of course, uh, Sam gets the shield back, but then, that closing shot before you get the opening credits as he's wiping the blood off the shield. And I think it was then that he realizes his mistake in giving it up in the first place. Cause he ends up giving it to somebody who obviously the government, uh, you know, put in charge in that instance. And it's just funny how the government ends up discarding John Walker, like he's nothing. And it kind of just points to, all right. Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead, Howard. I know you want to get in there. He's going to jump. Go. I can see it. You have something to say. <laughs> it's, it's, it was, it, and I think like, because the, 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 the rest of that scene was kind of just exposition. We can just kind of go to the John Walker part with the government. And you could see him, you know, grad, and him himself realizing that I'm just this symbolism of propaganda. That's all I am. Well, but let's, I mean, let's throw two things out, right? One. When Sam Wilson is wiping the blood off the shield, again, I'm like, we've got a magical Negro here. Here we go. He's <laughs> got to save America one more time, right? He's, he's put himself in this position where he's going to protect this land that really, as Chuck D would say, never gave a damn, right? And so he's in that position and he has put himself in that position throughout this story, right? And so there's that piece. And then there's the other piece that comes with it. You could make an argument that 
John Walker is every bit the victim as the others in terms of yeah. being completely discarded by the government, in terms of, and you know, he's no different than Sharon, who, by the way, of course, is the power broker, right? I mean, does that, isn't she? Or it feels I, like it, it's, everything it's, points to that. Or is that too everything points to it? Or yeah, but my thing is, I think it's, shared. I'll be yeah. really disappointed if she is, not because I'm particularly attached to the character, but because like, I keep saying that it isn't her, because if it is, then the, the, foreshadowing is so obvious it's, it's so like, obvious. like i feel like they're trying to okie us but you don't think so I, sophia i feel like it's i feel like it's her yeah. well, i feel like they're showing it's her which yeah. is why i kind of don't want it to be her that's exactly how yeah i want Jake the storytelling to be better yeah. than that yeah you know, it's like guys you could but but then again you did unleash that rock on you know so you're you are yeah. You are moving the puzzle pieces around you are the you've got the my favorite path. theory has been justin hammer as the power broker <laughs> So I mean, that would have been cool. That would be cool. I would, I would be down for that for sure. But um, yeah. To Howard's to Howard's point, like the the John Walker not only is a victim, but just the way that same senator that we see at the uh, it, throughout episode one, um, not only thanking Sam for saying that you, this is the right decision, you're giving up the shield, and then parading John Walker out there as the new Captain America. You see this turn. Washing their washing their hands of everything that's happening. That's right. And in other words, they're always going to be clean. They and, yes. And I think it's interesting. I think I really appreciated that in episode uh, four, where they had the scene where it was between Lamar and John, and John was mentioning how the things that they got he's got his medals of honor for that were like they were not right or wrong, right? right? And that like even though he ends up making the wrong decision a couple times you could tell that he has a conscience about it. And I think that the thing that I don't, I, I think why Russell was playing intentionally, I thought I was, what I read on it is kind of like he thought, and I think so many people think that if you're willing to compromise your morals somewhat for a better, bigger entity like the government, then you'll get rewarded for that. That like, you know what? I made a, I made a decision that was hard, but they're going to have my back, you know, and so it'll be worth yeah. it. It'll be worth it that I might've did a transgression because it was for the greater good. And they're going to, and not only is it for the greater good, they're going to back gonna me benef- up. On it's going to benefit me good. at some point. Yeah. It's almost a sadness exactly. level of like, there's a virtuousness in his mind of doing the difficult thing that no one else is willing to do. But that's right. There is a yeah. piece here that I have two other thoughts here. Um, one is one of the interesting parts about storytelling today as opposed to when, you know, I was growing up, um, was that you didn't have to explain bad guys. Bad guys were bad guys. Sit. Who knows, you know, why did Electro rob banks? Because he felt that he was Electro. That's why. I mean, there was no, there was no backstory that his, you know, that his son had cancer and the government didn't care about his treatments and therefore he had to go break bad or whatever, right? Today, like even when I saw Godzilla, right? Not the, not King Kong versus Godzilla, but the last one that came out, the other horrible let them fight movie, right? Which was another like military propaganda. The post 9-11 storytelling or the influence of post 9-11 America on the storytelling is enormous, right? Even then, to a, a goddamn lizard, they had to explain why the lizard was what the lizard was, right? So, and I'm like, do we need this? However, when you watch this series, you recognize that they've spent a lot of time, whether you're talking about Thanos, whether you're talking about Zemo, you're, you're talking about Carly, that they have reasons for the things that they do. They're not just sociopaths. Yeah. And what right. that does 
is that gives them a humanity that makes them more compassionate or more attractive on the screen. But here's the other thing it does. While it, it, it also indicts the supposed good guy, which is the United States government, it mm -hmm. indicts mm -hmm. this country. And the question has always been is, do the writers of these stories, do they have what it takes to do the total indictment? Or is the government always gonna be redeemed at the end? Are they, are they always gonna somehow discover their morals? Um, usually that's gonna be the story. Somewhere along the line, you're hoping that your good guy does the right thing. But in real life, as we know, that's not really how it works. And it's like, that's why the, that's why the, the end of the first Indiana Jones of Raiders of the Lost Ark is such a great movie, you know, such a great ending because they're not the good guys. No. Right. I mean, they, yeah. they, they totally like used their power to mm -hmm. take over everything that, you know, Indiana Jones had, had, had done and told them and testified. Right. So the question is going to be here. Um, now that we know that Carly has a reason for doing what she does, now that we know Zemo has a reason for doing what he does, who's gonna emerge? Who's actually the villain in this, in this story? And if the villain, you know, we know that the United States government is a villain in this story because they unleashed John Walker on the world and now he's got superpowers, right? So we know that piece. The other thing I was gonna say on this too is that from an arc standpoint, one of the things that I really enjoyed watching episode five was the sort of thesis that I was thinking about too, which was that this, that these shows, the first two shows, WandaVision and now Winter Soldier, I'm sorry, Winter Soldier, and now Falcon and Winter Soldier. These, the, the storylines are now being rooted in the consequences of the movies. Like when you watch, when you watch WandaVision, that's the consequence for Civil War, right? Yeah. You know, when you're watching, um, you know, when you're watching, I'm sorry, that is the consequence for Age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. um, when you're watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, this is the consequence in a lot of ways of Civil War, right? And so like, what is the, so it's interesting what they're doing with these TV shows, they're still connected to the films, but the root of the storyline takes you back to some of the films or one of the films well, is sort of- Far explained. From Home, WandaVision and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier all feel like endgame epilogues at this That's point. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, exactly right. Totally epilogue in terms of trying to, to, to discuss the consequences of the action, right? And I think that one of the areas where that's been really sort of interesting as the storytelling has gone is the more programming you see, the more you sort of realize that Age of Ultron is an incredibly, incredibly important movie to all of what took place here. And one of the things that one of my friends talks about all the time, she's like very big into it and she opened my eyes to it was, and it sort of explains Civil War in some ways, which is just look at the amount of physical destruction the Avengers have placed on the world. I mean, look yeah. at, you know, like when Iron Man is like, how, how fast can I buy this building? That's not the point, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you're wiping out a small city and you're supposed to be the good guy, which in some ways is another indictment of United States foreign policy, right? When you're talking about American foreign policy, we devastate places for your own good, right? 
And you look at what happened in WandaVision as well. They're looking at, you know, Stark Industries, the, the Stark Industries on the side of the missile. That's the, that, that is the stand-in for the American flag in terms of Afghanistan and, and every other place where we supposedly, in Syria, every other place where we have some sort of presence. But are we actually doing the right thing? Right. So a lot of really interesting questions are being put in here. And I'm really wondering why the time you get to the end, are you, you know, do you have what it takes to do the total indictment? Well, I think the interesting thing when you say that is, and we talk about this on this show a lot, is that a lot of the times the build up to the end in these not only shows and movies is really, really good and really well layered. And we get to the end, and there's kind of like they don't eh. stick that landing off. They don't. Yeah, they, don't they, don't always... they certainly did not stick the landing on Wonder right. No, certainly yeah. not. Um, yeah, they made a lot of um, you know there were a lot of missteps, and it almost felt like you can argue whether it was related to the pe- pandemic or not. But nonetheless, the fact of the matter is, is you didn't get the same, I would say, um, richness that was a part of those first. Uh, seven, eight episodes that you got in the finale, the finale right. felt rushed. The minute, the minute you introduced Agnes, you lost everything because there just wasn't enough time to make sense of the rest of it. Right. right? That's a fair point. And it was a great moment because everybody was moment. excited. We all were excited. And it kind of, yeah, it kind of lost things. And this is why, like, I thought what this episode did was very interesting because I felt like they closed a couple of threads. They closed, to a degree, the Zemo thread um, yeah. where he's taken off by uh, the Dora Milaje. It, it gives it the logical rap. pause. Like, Zemo got yeah. a better point of where he got left off than I would say even Monica Rambeau did. Yeah. Like, Monica yeah. just got left to dry and then yeah. given a post credit scene, in my and opinion. And I think more so than even how it ended for him, I think it just is a lot better for the finale that they're not going to try to have find, yeah. find a way to right. fit that in to the finale. Yeah. Like... Because, you know, I think that no matter what, this was probably going to end with Zemo getting taken in by the Dormelage. But the, to put it in episode five, it's like, okay, now we're not going to be devoting time in I mean, the They kind of did it with Lamar, this. too, by killing him. Yeah. Yeah. And, there, and, and personally, like, if you ask me, like, it's good that the focus is going to be on Sam, Carly, Bucky, and John, obviously, as we see in the post credit scene, with him being the shield again. And Isaiah, yeah. That part is going to be is going to be interesting. But I would be remiss when we were talking about John Walker a few minutes back, where after the scene with the government, um, he's sitting down with his, with his wife, and we were all wondering who that cameo was going to be. <laughs> yeah, watch like, by the way, that was a one second generational divide right there. Truly incredible stuff. At the same time, Elaine and Veep said at the exact same time. <laughs> hey, well, no, no, in fairness, like I, I, Saturday I Night only chose Veep. I chose Veep because okay, that's it. So she was on for one season. Don't be ridiculous, Howard. <laughs> I know. I just had to throw that in there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I should I, I should ask this. So obviously we see Julia Louis Dreyfus. And she is, it, 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 once her name, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine vows for short, Madame Hydra in the comics. Yeah. Um, the yeah, most exotic car I've ever heard. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, there was kind of a lot to digest there. Um, Sophia, what did you overacted think of this moment? No, but fun. Oh, hey, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Sophia, what did you think of that scene in that moment? 
Okay, I didn't, I, I knew who she was. I didn't know like a deep dive of who she was 100%, but I knew who she was. Um, I know a lot of people in the timeline didn't know who she was. Like a lot of people didn't know exactly who she was. So people didn't know like why everybody was excited. I just like that she can be spinned off into her own shows and stuff like that. I know, I know that. I know she can, and um, who she is. Um, I know... I know that I, I know we don't get a lot of her in the show like we don't like she gives him a card that he can't read of course because he's not he doesn't know what good it's going to do for him later on down the line which makes me think that we're not going to get rid of like I know some people don't know what we're going to get of John after the show ends but the fact that she gives him a card makes me think he might not like we're going to keep him after the show maybe possibly mm-hmm. yeah he's not I, yeah the fact most, that he, she gives him a card but yeah, most um, definitely I'm excited because we're going to get we're getting like secret invasion and stuff. So maybe she's going to pop up in other things later on. Well, you know, the funny thing about that is she originally was supposed to appear in Black Widow before the pandemic hit. Black Widow obviously was supposed to be the first right. thing that came out before yeah. any of these TV shows came out. So the, the based off of what I can gather is, you know, I, if we go all the way back to the end of Iron Man and Nick Fury recruiting Avengers, I feel like what Val is going to be doing is she's going to be recruiting her own team of whether you want to call it Thunderbolts or a super Avengers. Yeah. The the super (laughs) super league. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) But yeah, like, I feel like, you know, with, when you have people like John Walker on the board, you have Zemo on the Mm -hmm. board uh, still, you can kind of get, you know, you already have two characters there. I'd even add Batrock into the mix uh, too, yep. Yep. as potential people that uh, Val could use on this team. So mm-hmm. it, I feel like the MCU and basically Nate Moore, one of the executive producers of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, said as such that that Val is going to be playing a huge role going forward, and we'll be seeing her in a lot of stuff. So well, she's going to have to because Pierce is dead. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, so it's like, okay, yeah. Zola's dead. So like, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what are we, how do you repiece that? Um, obviously, you know, struck, you know, Strucker is, what happened to Strucker? Irrelevant. Who, honestly, he's, who yeah, just, got, I do a podcast with the MCU, Ultron. who cares? Exactly. Strucker got killed in Age of Ultron. Strucker, exactly. Right? No, he didn't get killed. He got he arrested. Didn't get killed. No, he got killed. He got arrested killed? and then got killed by Ultron. Oh, oh that's right. right. Oh, okay. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and they and they they weakened his character anyway, right? Yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah, they made him a non-factor. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to rebuild this. Um, I think that too. One of the pieces of this that I do find sort of fascinating, um, to Jerome's point about sticking a landing or not, or making sure you're not putting too much into your finales. Like, I mean, let's also let the record also show they didn't really stick the landing in Endgame because they decided to give Tony Stark the last thirty minutes of the movie. Right. right? So they didn't answer a lot of questions there either. But here, I put out a little thought a few days ago where I essentially said that, you know, Sam, you know, Sam Wilson is Charles Xavier and that Carly is Eric Lencher. I mean, that once again, you've got a good enough storytell here. Sam Wilson has decided to fight on the side of, of, of people that have not really stood by him. He's pulled the Professor X. He's going to be the one who is going he's to convince we can work it out. We can work it yeah. out. He's he's the lean in, right? And Carly is Magneto. She's like, no, we can't. There's only one way to deal with these people. They only understand violence. We're going to give them violence. 
That by itself is a blockbuster ending, right? Because let's see where that goes. Yeah. How much more are they going to try to squeeze into this? But, you know, so you, you really, I think what you need to do when you start to reach, especially in a limited series, you only got six of these, right? Yeah. So you need to answer as many questions as you can before the finale. Otherwise, you're just not going to have enough time. You know, like Endgame, you had no time. So you had to essentially to get Endgame all was just those, checking boxes at that point. Oh my point. goodness, to get all yeah, those yeah. characters and you had to turn it into a relay race. It's like, okay, right. so everyone needs a little bit of <laughs> They were literally <laughs> handing the gauntlet to each other to have a moment and a scene with it. To try to give people some screen time. It's the wedding where you have the booth and everyone gets to play with the prop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, <laughs> um, so for this, when you have Sam talking to Isaiah, in his own house, like he's some sort of child who had never experienced anything. It could not have been more insulting, but it yeah. also completely set up where Sam Wilson stands, right? Yes. So yeah. At the yeah. beginning of the show, to, to Sophia's point, you don't even know, okay, are you a freelancer? Do you work for the government? Who's wing, who, do the wing, who, who owns the wings, right? What, right. what are you? I mean, these are really, this was a really interesting piece of like the Falcon character where you didn't really know. And so, so you've got Torres here, you've got your in with the government, you know, with the military. Who do you work for, Sam? Like, what is your job? And so now as we get to the end, if even though it's not really clear what Sam Wilson sort of is and who he works for and who he stands, we know his values. And right yeah. now we know his values are going to try to redeem this American experiment, which is the, which in some ways was the same thing Cap tried to do at some level, but Cap was willing to go against it. And we haven't yeah. seen Sam willing to do that yet. Right. I think that what it revealed to me is that Sam, his core value is, and I don't mean this, this is not always a negative thing, but it's kind of like he, he has needs some type of stability. And I think he needs structure. And I think that that's so much of when we are introduced to him in Winter Soldier, he's out of the military, but he's still like helping veterans and stuff like that. So he's never quite, since he was like 18 years old, he never has left this structure. And so I think that like, even if you were to ask him to define, is he a freelancer? Does he work for the government? I think if you forced him to answer that question, it would make him uncomfortable because to answer that question is to maybe reconcile the fact that he's not, in a system anymore that he doesn't have a job to do you know and that if what isaiah bradley's saying is right then he sh maybe this thing that he's been relying on for stability his whole life he needs to stop the and then it, yeah. then what did i make the wrong choice yeah and yeah. i and it's not just isaiah asking him that it's carly asking him yeah. that. are you sure you're on the right side here and so that is the but that's the question posed to black america all the time are you sure you're on the right side here, right? And so this is this is what I mean by you've got great questions that you can wrestle with as long as you don't make it too messy. And we'll see how messy it gets. I mean, like what, what questions need to be answered? We need to figure out who the power broker is. We need to know yeah. what happens to Sharon. If they're one and the same, okay, that will answer itself. We need to find out essentially what happens to Bucky. Right. And like yeah. where Bucky sort of shows up because he leaves. Is he even how much is he in the second? The, I mean, the last episode. Um, so there's that. Um, we need to find out, obviously, the John Walker character. We also have to think about in terms of the end of WandaVision, the Monica character, maybe she didn't get her 
closure because we're going to see her again in a movie somewhere in Captain America right. or wherever. There's going to be more to her. So this is a teaser that you ain't seen the last of me. But mm-hmm. um, but to the the Sam Wilson character, like one of the questions I found interesting was, dude, you know, super millionaire, billionaire people. Why are you crowdsourcing your boat? Okay, <laughs> see, look, this is yeah. a cool question because I had the same thing. Why didn't he go to Pepper? I was going to say, why you, yeah. you know, you well, know industries? Right. Well, my joke, my joke always was, um, was she ever going to actually answer the phone? Because right. I, I feel like Pepper's one of those. Pepper's definitely one of those like. Oh yeah, I'm cool with y'all because he's cool with y'all. Oh, exactly. I'm not cool. he's, he's too busy right, right, hawking right, right. candles. Like you're his friend, like, but you're you not know, my friend. Yeah, I mean, he knows Spider Man. Like, he knows so many people at this point. Yeah, like I, there, there is something that does. You got killed for Spider Man and not us. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, like it, it goes back to that Ant Man scene where um, Scott. It just goes like, I know what we should do. We should call the Avengers. Yeah, and and so there, there is that level where i guess like the one saving grace that you have is just the world is still recovering from end game and so everything is a little bit in disarray so maybe there isn't the organizational structure of an avengers or whatever to take care of something like this but it i mean um even that said yeah to sophia's point it's well, just no, like- i think honestly i think the app my actual explanation for it is that i think that a lot of these superheroes come from positions of privilege mm-hmm. And I think that for Pepper Potts, for example, I the idea that someone who is an Avenger could be struggling financially is something that probably has never occurred to her because yeah. like, oh, we're all Avengers. I mean, we're all rich. We all, right. you know, have this, we have fancy gadgets, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so I think I mean, that- he's never factored into our lives except for Peter Parker, who's always broke. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And he's a child, so it doesn't really matter. Like his bro- yeah. and his and the thing is, Peter Parker is not poor, he's broke, which is very different. Yeah. You know, like he yeah. doesn't have actual poverty issues, he just has no money because he's a he kid. No money. Exactly. Um, and so I think that like there's a way that it's not a I think that it you could imagine that it's a given, oh, you're a world famous superhero, you're not gonna have money problems. But in actuality, like those two things aren't related at all. Perhaps they They're should not. be, perhaps you should get a stipend if you're a superhero save the world. But I think that it's very easy, I imagine, for all the Avengers to go their separate ways and just be like, bye. And then no one think even for a second about what the other Avengers are doing in their free time. Well, they are. Well, Bucky, Bucky's the only one who like jumped to the point and just went straight to Wakanda to get a new suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He went to the Wakanda. Yeah. I'll have resources. I need some help. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So- what I was going to say was, I do have, a, I, there's another question about the finale that, and there's, well, my two main ones more than anything else. One, um, it's pretty clear that what Sam opens up at the end of the episode is a Captain America like uh, outfit with the wings. Yeah. And uh, yeah. with, the, with the stars and stripes and everything. So it'll be fascinating to see not only what that looks like, but after the fact, how what's going to happen when the government comes up to Sam and is like, OK, so if you're going to be this person, you are our you are our face. You work for right. you have to you have to rep that. How does Sam respond to that? That's number and that one. Is the, that's the piece of this that always made me sort of nauseous because Captain America, as Captain America, did not work for the federal government. He didn't work for the military. He was he just had the suit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so now by incorporating these guys into the military structure, now they're employees. And so so that leaves this question wide open. If they're employees, what do we do with this? What is how is this going to work? Who does your tech actually belong to? 
And well, especially the Sokovia, of course. Va- Valentina of points it out. She, she says it right away. Like, the shit she, doesn't belong to the government. Right. That's yeah, right. she said that when she saw him, right? Yeah. The legalese yeah. part of it was great. She's like, technically, there's, there's like... There's some wiggle room here. There's some gray area. Right. right? I, I might be naive, but I think that they're setting up. I don't, I think that it had, with how does he respond when the government asks him to that? Oh, you work for us. I can't, I think the answer has to be that he does. He says he doesn't. Yeah, I think like, he walks away. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that has, like, I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I think, and I think that they've been kind of setting that up and it's kind of similar to the journey that Cap himself went on in uh, Winter Soldier where, yeah. you know, they have him working for the government and then realizing that like he has a better moral judgment by himself. Um, and so I think that that's probably how it's going to end. I'm curious how it goes about it. Cause I think that there's a way to do it where Falcon explicitly is like, no, I'm not working for you. Cause you're the bad guy. And then there's a way to do it where it's like, no, I'll do my own thing. Just in like a general bullshit kind of, yeah. you know, I'm an yeah. independent guy. And that's, that's not actually holding the government accountable for the bad things they did. So I hope that it's, he doesn't work for them because they're bad, not just because he wants to be on his own, but I'm afraid yeah. they're going to do the second. Well, and it's Natasha funny, yeah. as well. Natasha at the end of Winter Soldier, she just gets up and leaves the Senate subcommittee. Yeah. You know what if right. I'm, right? She's like, I don't work mm-hmm. for you. I'm on, you know, please tell me why we shouldn't put you in jail. Cause you need us. You can't, what are you going to do to me? Mm-hmm. Right? Started with Iron Man. Like Iron Man 2 is all about him being in the Senate, just like True. giving the finger to everyone there. Yeah. Well, I, I could do it do without those scenes like Randy and politics, but yes, that is the same thing. Right, but like it's it's happened a few times in there. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Sam specifically. Um, my second thing was uh, Carly specifically because I find her fascinating. Um, a character like Carly, they would normally kill. Um, they well, would normally offer. Well, that's I. Funny. I don't. I would prefer. You don't think she's gonna get it? I know I could I've predicted it from the moment she blew up that facility. I know if because you mentioned it, Howard, that you said that she's a protagonist, but she's complicated. And anytime that that is the type of character that exists, they always meet the same exact fate. They sacrifice themselves in order to save yeah. the hero. A hundred percent of the time. It's it's a try and true thing because they they aren't too they aren't bad enough where they get killed by the hero, but they aren't good enough where they're let to live. And I unfortunately yeah. that's kind of the shorthand with storytelling, where it's like, and I don't think it's necessarily the worst impulse to be like if you kill innocent people, you shouldn't be able to get off scot-free. I don't think that that's a horrible impulse storytelling wise, but it is kind of like, it's I think always, it is so more... It's always naturally the arc that they yeah, have. Yeah, it's like, like that oh, is the she realized the error in her ways. And, yeah. Here's yeah. The interesting I don't, thing about I don't the see how they keep her alive, to be honest. Right. I don't yeah. see how they would keep her alive. Like, I, I, like, she would be interested to stay alive, but I don't see how they would keep her. The Mar- I don't see how the Marvel people would keep her alive. Just yeah. because of what she did, how she's done since she blew up the people and the people were alive, and we saw the whole scene of it, I don't see how yeah. they keep. It, honestly, it was less than ideal. You really don't want to blow up people in their life. And, <laughs> and, was... and, here and I might cool. add, mm-hmm. and what I what I also find interesting about like that whole scenario is we've gotten two instances in that in this last episode where Bucky, when Zemo talks to Bucky, he's, Zemo's like, "You know what you have to do." You yeah. and when it comes to Carly, and he's been steadfast in that. So then when Bucky talks to Sam before he leaves, he goes, well, Zemo said this. And then he also refers to himself in terms of, well, there's always going to be a little bit of the Winter Soldier inside of me. So it all yeah. it makes me wonder, is Bucky that gray area Yeah, that is the one that if Sam's in some type of desperate situation, is Bucky going to be the one that uh, brings the hammer down? Yeah. So and here are two uh, questions. Be interesting. The first, He's like the, the Harvey questions. Dent to the Batman, like just no, the, or the, the other two, way around, the Batman to the Harvey Dent. Yeah. yeah. The two questions I have when it comes to Carly is, 
is why is it in movies that we always have to make the sort of futuristic anarchist be have as many percentages of every racial demographic yeah. in the world it's like okay so we all know like <laughs> the, the mad max dystopia you got how are we build of, one future human and exactly, one future you got human a little only. bit of you got yeah. a little bit of redhead in you but are you kind of black but you might have blue eyes but you have freckles exactly the futuristic you know you all yeah. the futuristic freckles right it's like yeah. who, what are you what's your mama who's your mom right <laughs> and so um so there's it's that. history history is exactly. the parent exactly it's like you know, and who's your daddy looking the way you look? So anyway, <laughs> but remember, but they do this. I mean, I think every, like, let's go back to Mad Max or go to, I mean, mm -hmm. all these like movies where they've got this sort of dystopia, like the future is sort of all the different remnants of every racial battle. And like all the kids are all mixed. Like the future is all mixed, right? Which I suppose is happening in some ways. But mm -hmm. the, the other piece of this, is while you are framing Carly as this character who's got this ambiguity in terms of her tactics and that because of her tactics, that's going to make her more easily um, sacrificed. Is, are, is there any two people in the MCU who, are more, who have killed more people and are more murderous than Clint Barton and Natasha Romanoff? I mean, they kill everybody. I mean, look at, has Clint ever paid any price for that killing spree he went on in oh, oh, the Endgame? Right? I'm very curious to see that what was, they do in Hawkeye with that. That was a weird bender. That was a crazy time for him, huh? For real, yeah. right? So when you're starting to look at, like, so we're going to make Carly complex about these geopolitics and all that. Meanwhile, Clint is just offing people. You know? I the mean, ironic thing is that audiences are more likely and i think we're all guilty of this of being morally unsure about a character if they're morally unsure about it you That's know right. that right, like right. if clint is just fine shooting arrows at every motherfucker he sees and kill well, the I entire know this yakuza without mostly on his haircut to be honest i feel like more people would be happy if like clint Got got. Oh, for sure. I think that that's, yeah. I think that's a Hawkeye yeah. specific thing, though. I guess what I'm trying to say is that generally speaking, if a character shows ambivalence about an action, we're more likely to condemn them because we can identify with their situation more. Well, that's and John think, Walker right there. Like people were exactly. like, John, kill him, right? Yeah. But except for the fact that also, just as an aside, if you've got, if you're a cross between Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, shouldn't you be a little prettier? Wow. Oh, no. Oh, shots fired, Howard. Oh, my I goodness. Mean, that's I mean, I don't think it's untrue. I, I think he's pretty handsome, but I think it's, he's not as handsome as either of them are. That's like, an ugly motherfucker right there. It, he I feel like it's because he doesn't have a beard. I feel like he's the beard, got the, he's got, the beard he's got camouflages it. No, when he, when he usually has a full beard, and he usually looks better when he has the full beard. Yeah, like, it camouflages. If you look better got a full beard, it's because something's wrong with your face. I think that you're, I agree with that as well. But I right. think that I think you're being a little unfair. I mean, maybe I've just seen more ugly people in my day, but I've seen. I, really yeah, no, no, I, I don't think he's very bad looking, but he also would look like to me if you brought Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell to the boardwalk and had a caricature artist <laughs> drew their child, like in accentuated things. But by themselves, they do pretty good. You know that mask don't right? help you. So, but here's the, the mask do not help. Yeah, 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 no, his no, chin's his worst feature. Exactly what it is. The mask on him, you go. He's got Goldie chin, right? I mean, but. 
But maybe when you take the mask off, he's a better looking. I don't know. I'm just saying that you would think that the Hollywood. They all would think. You would they, think. They, they, they look like worse for wear. Like he, I don't think Wyatt Russell, like he's clearly going through it and they make him look as ugly as possible. So but this is the ugliest we've seen him makeup, in. They made him. They made him look like a man, you know, who's kind of tortured. It's like mission accomplished. If that was the look you were trying yeah. to get. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do, Howard, do you think there was a situation where you walked to set and they're like, "Oh, great, you went to makeup." Like, perfect. Like, no, like, no, no, I, uh, no, no, I, I, I need to still go. Yeah, like, no, you, you actually don't need to go to make set. You're good. You're you set. are. You don't even need prosthetics. You're good. Yeah, we have a budget thing, so this is yeah, actually exactly. great for us. You are, you are good. <laughs> but it, it, it is true, though. Like, I believe. Like, I think, I think one of the things that this show did that was unexpected, as I was saying earlier, was that I was not a Bucky Barnes character. It just wasn't my dude, right? It has never been my dude. And they've made him more compelling. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, both of these guys, Sam and Bucky, they don't know who they are without Steve Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have an identity without their best friend, right? You know, one is the best friend in the present, the other one was the best friend in the past. And so, the real key was like, okay, well, what do we do with these two? Do we make them antagonistic toward each other? Do we find some common ground where they can actually become partners or do they do the frenemies thing, mm -hmm. right? And how long does the frenemies thing last? Because you know that everybody is double crossing each other. Like you mm -hmm. knew when Zemo bolted, Zemo's like, you, you know, Zemo in a lot of ways- Zemo went Zemo. Right? I mean, in some ways, he's a protagonist in some ways because he knows that the entire idea of the super soldier is going to get us all killed. Oh, he's yeah. in his own sequel. Like, as far as he's concerned, he got broke, uh, broken out or he broke himself out and he he's on like Zemo's back, Zemo 2. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I love what, you know, what his character brought because you knew that you needed him. And the other piece of this too, which I'm... I'm not sure about, so I'm interested in seeing what happens. Is just like we saw with John Walker when it came to, you know, you can be Captain America, but you don't have any superpowers. Is Falcon strong enough to do anything? He was always yeah. a weak character. He can't fight. Yeah. He can't fight. He doesn't really do much with his wings. Yeah. He's getting his ass whooped left and right. And every time you fight him, somebody rips his wings off, right? You know, yeah. you know, Winter Soldier ripped his wings off in Winter Soldier. I mean, he got his wings destroyed here. I mean, it's not, how are you going to be Captain America unless there's one piece of serum left for you. Yeah. Right? I mean, do you have what it takes to actually take on this role? You're not strong enough. I mean, anything like with what they're doing with his character and at least trying to show the purity or worthiness, it's not just the worthiness of the shield, but like the way they've been playing it up the whole time, it's the worthiness of the serum. Like That's right. if anything, they're trying to make the case that, you know, Steve was the anomaly. But maybe you Which have another they made in first Avenger, right? Yeah, oh, the Stanley yeah. Tucci character. You know that you're worthy of this, which is no different, right? You know, so he's worthy enough for the serum, and he can pick up the hammer. He's the greatest person in the universe, right? 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 right. No, yeah. somebody's yeah. got to be. He's the, yeah. he's the super mortal. He's yeah. got the best character, which is which, by the way, is one of the singular reasons why Knives Out was so funny. Mm -hmm. Because no, the exact anti cap in Knives Out, right? Yeah. Eat shit, right. eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. The whole Chris Evans thing in general is crazy because 
he comes into Captain America more like playing more of his knives out characters before it. He was always a snarky, like he was yeah. always more he, of a Rhino torch. Reynolds size. Yeah. He was a human torch, you know, he was in that movie, the losers. And, um, you know, he was in not another team movie. I think that was the first thing I ever yeah. saw him in. And then, and then he comes into Captain America and like, he's playing against character. And you're so used to Captain America, Chris Evans, and now you get a Knives Out. I mean, it's. I feel like it's one of those situations where he was playing against type his beginning of his career. Because yeah. I think that if Point you fairly, pay attention, yes, to, yes, if you yes, pay attention yes, to anything Chris Evans it, does outside of movies, that's a fair point too. it's that he clearly is a super earnest, lame in like a nice way yeah. dude who... Well, has like pretty boy good looks and was cast as the asshole and everything. Right, right. But exactly. he's like just a the normie. We, what, what, uh, yeah, definitely. When I say against type, know, it's more he, just the type that he was given, not the type that he is. Well, and you know who he is in a lot of ways, um, not necessarily in terms of stature, but in terms of character. He's he's Henry Fonda and Denzel. He's the mm-hmm. character that you could always count on mm-hmm. to have a good heart. Yeah, right. And then Denzel shows up in Training Day. <laughs> You're like, whoa. Right, right, you know? right. And then Henry Fonda shows up and he's murdering children in Once Upon a Time in the West. You're like, wait, that's that's Henry Fonda. You're not supposed to do that. So the Chris Evans character, absolutely. But there's one other piece of this that I've always sort of found fascinating as you look at these two guys. You look at Bucky and you look at Sam, the way they idolize Steve Rogers, the way they idolize his character and they look up to him. He's their, he's their guide, right? Mm-hmm. However... Let the record show that Captain America only knows one speed. He is the metaphor for America, and that's a fight. Yeah. He's a warrior. Yeah. Yep. He's constant. Yeah. Steve, are you sure you want to punch your way out of this? What do we do? We fight. I mean, yeah. his response, yeah. Steve Rogers' response. You could do this all day. I could do yeah. this all day, right? His response to everything is to kill or be killed, is to get his ass whooped or to whoop somebody's ass, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, that's what he does. And yet that's the piece of Steve's personality that neither one of those two guys seem to acknowledge. What's up? They just see the good. They, they only see the good. It's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. You also realize that his impulse is to punch you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you know, it's funny because it's like, you think about that and then you think about the conversation that Sam and Bucky have um, where Bucky's talking about, I, as opposed to him and Steve not understanding why Sam didn't want to take the shield. And then even further, further so where Sam, um, which I think that was a good, mo- very good moment for Sam in terms of telling Bucky that he needed to do the work and in, in actually, as opposed to avenging and trying to right wrongs, yeah. do something in service for other people. So that was an interesting character develop, development moment for both of them in that instance. And by uh, the way, Bucky, you've killed more people than all of us combined. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, who are you to talk about worthiness? You're the winter soldier. You're an right. assassin. You've been killing people since the since FDR. Like, <laughs> if anything, his frame of reference is just he knows everything that you're not supposed to do which is why he might be aware of what you are supposed to do yeah i mean and also but you know he has a thing for black women and that's good yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm good with that that. he got that he got wakanda fever you get that with <laughs> right? For sure. And I am very happy for Sarah just in a very interesting way as well. I think it was nice that for all the, you know, for the Dora and for the the woman who was, uh, I forgot her name in- uh, Io? No, 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 in Civil War who got oh, in Tony Stark's face at the elevator. Oh, um, right. 
Alfred, Woodard, Alfred Woodard's Alfred Woodard, character. Alfred Woodard, yeah, yeah. but I, for, I didn't know, yeah. I forgot her name on the State yeah. Department, Alfred Woodard's character. Um, it was nice to see a Black woman portrayed as pretty and portrayed mm. as attractive and as wanted and desirable. I thought that was kind of cool. And yeah. to, because they don't do that, you know, usually it's fierce, angry, this, that, every other stupid ass stereotype. But it was nice to see that um, that she was an object of desire, even if even if we know Bucky's like the player of player. Let's not forget in the first Avenger, he had one on both arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, come on, Steve, let's go. Right. Bucky, <laughs> Bucky could work his way around the ladies. Mm-hmm. No, he sure can. And- and that's funny that you mentioned Sarah, and um, and I kind of want to bring this actually back to Isaiah because I feel like we haven't talked about the Isaiah scene enough because I thought it was, it was so interesting to see how, the the um, opposing viewpoints and how it felt like, Sam got it but didn't get it at the same time during that Sam scene. Sam didn't get uh, it. And, yeah. He didn't get it. No, he, he didn't get it. He didn't get it. He, 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 didn't, get it. he, he, he didn't want to get it. He didn't want to get it. There you go. And yeah, the first he didn't thing want to get me, there. when I watched that scene, the first thing I hit me was who wrote this and how many drafts did this go through? Um, <laughs> that was that was what went through my mind because I was like, you are turning, you know, you want Sam Wilson, you know, he's he's hope, he's he's Barack Obama, he's post-racial, he's the mm. it won't be that he won't be it won't be that way this time. And you've got these other people, whether it's Carly or whether it's Isaiah, going, open up your eyes, man. Right. And so somewhere along the line, that blind faith either has to be explained, confronted, rewarded somewhere along the line, because he just looks naive right now. Yeah. Looked, if anything, that's naive. the sticking the landing for this Absolutely. series. Yeah. And maybe like where they go with him with that. Like where because we saw it with Cap, yeah. because Cap had it. Cap was like, you know what? I'm not I'm not your pawn. I mean, and I went back like, you know, because here's the other thing, too. Like, well, I was talking about like. You know, my roots in the comic, because, you know, I stopped reading comics in the late 80s, right? Once I was done, grew up, went to college, I wasn't reading anymore. I went backwards. So I started doing my backfill project. I was trying to collect all the old issues. And so, but I went back to Daredevil 233 from the Born Again series, when Cap, you know, infiltrates the Pentagon or wherever he is to, you know, some, you know, to, to find out who Nuke is, right? And so Cap we know Cap has had his moment of disaffection. Cap has had his reconciliation where he's no longer naive. And he realizes that power, no matter who holds it, is eventually going to turn against his values. Is Sam going to have that same moment? Because to me, that's also the essence of being Captain America. And I got to go back and I'm going to have to read, you know, how ta Coates dealt with it. I haven't read the last couple where it's like, okay, you know, what is... You know, what is that turn? How do you reconcile what power does? Because Sam right now is still a lean-in guy, no matter what evidence. You know, he allowed himself to get used by John Walker in the Carly scene, right? Mm-hmm. He looked like a pawn. He's like, oh, that's what this was about, right? So he's that's got to get resolved next week yeah. or this week. Well, th- that's funny because it's like Isaiah is is you know alluding to all the things that he went through and everything like that and i and i just found it interesting that sam would go well we have to tell your story and i'm so glad that isaiah was like no man we can't do that because you know what they're gonna do to me yeah and i think that that was the piece of it where you know both sam's naivete and his arrogance really came how are you gonna walk in this man's house like yeah 
I mean, seriously. And then for everything he's telling you, your response is, I'll go to them and they'll make it right. I mean, it just didn't square. It didn't, it didn't fit. And so, and I wasn't sure how I felt about that scene from a writing standpoint, simply because they made, when you've got these two alphas looking at each other, right? You've got Sam and you've got Isaiah. One has far more claim, Isaiah. One has far more experience, Isaiah. And yet Isaiah was the one who had to blink by showing pictures of his wife and how he, you know, this is what they did to me. And I, you know, he, he was the one who returned to love. And yeah. Sam didn't have to back off and go, I fucked up, right? I should have never yeah. come in guns blazing into this man's house. He does it off, you know, he does it away, but he, he never looks Isaiah in the eye and realizes that he's wrong. I mean, he tends to get it when he gets home and he's talking to his sister. So he, you know, so this is a really big empty space in the Sam Wilson character. I'm really interested to see what they do with it. Yeah, no, most, most certainly. And then I think considering, and that's the other thing, like if you go back to episode two, that's kind of where I initially had the issue with the scene itself because it's presented as this, um, first of all, Sam doesn't say anything in the scene in episode two. He's just looking on as Bucky and, and uh, Isaiah are talking. And then you compound that with the scene after that with the cops coming in. And it's just like, it felt like there was a conversation to be had there between not only Sam and Isaiah initially, but Sam and Bucky afterwards. And they could have gone somewhere with that. And instead you're doing the whole, you know, stereotypical thing that you normally see in these things to kind of like- He yells at Bucky like for two seconds. He asks him why he doesn't tell him, but- I mean, I feel like he asked him why he didn't tell him because he felt like he could fix it. Not because it would have the knowledge would have helped him in any way. It was more of why didn't you tell me? Because we could have done something. Of yeah. why didn't you tell me? It's not why didn't you tell me because I because this was something wrong that was done and like it's history. It was a why didn't you tell me? We all could have went together and got yeah. got help for him, kind of yeah. thing. Well, that's that Charles Xavier stuff. Oh yes, your your search for hope. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is. It's that's Magneto and, and Professor X. Once again, why do you still believe in these people? Well, Carly's interaction with him where she basically tells Sam he's a non-factor yeah. is very much Magneto to Xavier, where it's just, they don't, I don't right care or, about right? you unless you get in my way. That's right, unless you get in my way. And then, of course, you, yeah. this, is why, this is why Carly's position is untenable. Then she's threatening Sam's family. You know, she's got to go. Right. But yeah, they put yeah. that in there is like, okay, now you can die too. Right. Now they're going <laughs> right. to find some way to, we're going to make it easy to kill you or make it easier yeah. to kill you. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's like, it's ironic. Um, it's ironic thinking about the, the whole series and the way that it's kind of been, been written and shaped. And, and now we get to this finale and I'm just generally curious how, we're going to leave things off um, for whatever is next in terms of well, how hey, this what story is, next is going in the MCU? to go. What is next in the MCU for Falcon? Is he online for anything? Uh, I don't, I don't know if anything's confirmed. I mean, AC would be the better person to ask cause he's plugged in, but uh, I don't, th- is he on, is he specifically like, is anything Mackie cast in anything in the future? 
So they haven't said any. They they haven't officially. They basically say, "Oh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know." But I guess they have to say "ho hum" because it would spoil where this goes at the end of the series. Yeah, like you need right. to finish the series to be able to like even open up the possibility of where things can go to. So and then you know the other thing, like Nate Moore again, uh, executive producer of the show and executive producer of a lot of things Marvel. Um, alluded to the idea of maybe a second season of this show, like kind of like dropped it and hinted at it. So th- it feels like this is the type of story that they feel like can go on further. And he juxtaposes that with WandaVision as something that we told Wanda's story here. We don't need to go back to it. Uh, we can use Wanda in the movies however we want to. But Captain America and just the idea of a black man being Captain America is always a story that we can go back to because there's just different ways that you can take it. So if I had to guess, most definitely they're going to either do a series or whenever the next, whenever the next Avengers rolls mm-hmm. around, um, I'm going to guess Sam Wilson is going to be playing a role. So and I could definitely see him popping up in things like Secret Invasion or Armor Wars or things like that. You know, because yeah, he'll be around. Possible. It's also yeah. not like, um, I mean, Anthony Mackie is famous, but he's not famous enough to not be in those things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And then you have, and then also you have Sebastian Stan. And um, I've alluded to the idea that um, with all of the Bucky Zemo interaction in this show is that I can definitely see a Thunderbolts type of theme going on with those two. And that is something that happened in the books. So it wouldn't surprise me. Um, that's why I'm very curious to see Bucky's arc in this last episode, whether he there's a gray area with him um, towards the end where he can kind of like jump up because he's not in the same. He's not a just he's just not he's not either an Avenger and he's not really just in the same he's type a cameo. of line of what yeah 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 yeah. So like they're they're di- yeah they're t- Sam Wilson and he are on two different paths. Okay, okay so I have a question. Path. AC then. Um, and you know, this is kind of the, again, the whole Marvel universe of it all, you know, when you come, especially with these series involved, and even when you come into the movies, there's always a level of, I'll just call it roster management. And if we're going to determine that at the end of this series, we're going to have a new Captain America and that Captain America is, um, is Sam, is that Captain America also the leader of the Avengers? Yeah. That's a great question. Um I'm going to I'm going to say that Captain Marvel. Right. Um I'm very curious to see what they do with her movie, uh, her sequel and uh and everything that it entails because Kevin Feige has spoken very highly of the character as it I can view you as a potential leader of this of this uh squad going forward. And um, however Secret Invasion goes, I think that's another part of this. Yeah. And I also um, think when, that it's tribute, that should be like a question that is answered in the movies of who the next, because I think that that's in universe sure, is a good question sure. of, because I think there'll be a lot of people who are going to be vying for the- Entirely. The, the but I, I, think, I think that like, because it, then it does lead into the questions of like, I get that TV now is a bigger thing. But even when we thought about Marvel before, and it's obviously not the same because these are all Marvel- studios produced um but we never treated the netflix world as part of the mcu movie world and so i know we're going to be a lot more connected here but i just wonder like almost from an optic standpoint if you just keep on giving falcon captain america sam television shows while everyone else lives in the film universe 
and he maybe only makes appearances there, does that diminish his value? Well, hmm. that's a that's an interesting question. Howard, you have something on that? Well, I was just going to say, I, I think that um, I think that was part of the first go around. I wonder if that's going to be true in the second. Yeah. Uh, remember, I mean, you've got to explain the Wanda turn, and you're going to do that in Doctor Strange or the Defenders or wherever else it goes, right? Right. Um, but with that, Wanda, there's no, like, you don't have any question that Wanda, like, Wanda's just never going to be the leader of the Avengers. No, no, I'm talking yeah, right. for the leader yeah. question. Yes, for the yeah, leader yeah. question. The leader question is going to be interesting to me because I still feel like that lends, it leaves room for new characters, right? Yep. Like, the original leader of the Avengers, in a lot of ways, was Hank Pym, it was Giant Man, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. In the comic in 1962, it was Giant Man. And then when Cap came out of the ice, it sort of became Cap. And then as the Avengers became like this ensemble band that was just, it was like the Wu-Tang Clan. There were like so many of them, right? <laughs> um, you know, um, you know, it depended. Like the Cap was really the anchor, but the reason why Cap was the anchor of the Avengers was because his comic title was so weak. You right. know, his, you know, his appearances in the Avengers were stronger than his own title. Yeah. So it actually worked out that way too in MCU because they didn't own the biggest properties of Marvel characters. Well, that's right. So everyone got an upgrade. Everyone got moved up from the G League because well, that's there's right. no Spider Man, there's no X Men, there's no Fantastic Four. And they leveled, you know, what's really interesting about them too is that they leveled up power wise. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at Wanda Maximoff's power, she's one of the most powerful in the universe. And in the yeah. comic book, she was never, ever, and neither was Iron Man. I mean, they were never that powerful. Yeah. So now what you're going to have to do um, is you're going to have to, and depending on what happens with Chris Helmsworth, um, you've got to, sure. you've got to power up the Avengers. They're not that strong a team right now. Okay. No, Vision's yeah. gone. Yeah. Right. Is Thor part of it? Maybe not. Iron Man's gone. So who are your, str- you know, Hulk's, you know, they ruined the Hulk. He's, got ed or whatever he's done now he's not even hulk anymore right so he's finished right so do we have a get roman uh read to fill in at this point here? <laughs> no we're not sponsored by roman we're not right. unfortunately right not so, yet anyway so when you start looking at the avengers as a team you're not even that strong they no. gotta draft people right you gotta go to the parks yeah. you gotta find somebody I mean, Sophia, do you have any, do you have any prospects? Have you done any scouting scouting that you'd be able to pull in? No, No. I wasn't scouting anybody. I'm so sorry, y'all. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) You you killed, you know, now obviously who knows? Because Thor's got another one coming. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, to me, it's actually Thor. You know, but the problem mm. with Thor and Doctor Strange are like two people. I I feel like Strange has a good shot. Strange is not an Avenger. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's the funny part. Like, and, and that's the thing, like, he's figuring very heavily into all of these things, uh, this uh, whole multiverse saga that's, that's mm-hmm. happening with the Spider-Man movie and, and uh, his own movie. So apparently the Doctor Strange movie is supposed to, quote unquote, change the MCU forever. That's what that is what it has been said. So, um, I mean, I guess from that standpoint, you can think that way. Um, I Like I said, Captain Marvel is something, somebody that I would look at as... Somebody well, that I can I, see I think Kevin Feige wanted to make the base. Well, she, is, levels, yes. she levels them up. Right. Um, like, the other thing, too, AC, is the Avengers are needed when there is a threat to avenge. Yeah. And yes. part of what is difficult, it was it was so much simpler then because we had to protect Earth. 
we don't know what we're protecting at this point. So, yeah, sure. you know, you say you want to put a Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel doesn't exist she's in not Earth. on Earth. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Well, until until whatever's uh, coming next, and right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, so we have the whole Kang the Conqueror scenario and Loki, um, and how that connects to the Ant Man movie uh, going forward. So there's you Kang is a big villain, and I think Kang is a multi project type villain uh going forward so you know we'll see what happens there they have yet to introduce the fantastic four that's another thing the x-men reboot that's another thing that's the thing there's a lot of stuff that i think they want to how keep many their spider very... men or women we're going to get in this universe suddenly everyone's in the situation movie. i'm assuming everyone like... on this call is actually making cameo in the next movie we're all <laughs> going there's in a there. good chance yeah. man like yeah. i i can't tell you enough like just kind of like seeing some of the stuff um, associated with that film is just like, really? Like the Brooklyn Nets. Like, yeah. Yes. The Brooklyn Nets. Exactly. I think that's a really, really, really good point there. So like you could kind of go a lot of different ways with it. Um, but I, I do want to say before we close, um, I just kind of want to get some, some general thoughts of, uh what is what is maybe one thing that each of you would want to see in the finale uh jake i'll start with you what do you want to see i want to see uh beyond who the power broker is i think that's a given i'm not going to say that but i want to see sam have to make a choice of who is gonna win like not because in his mind, everyone has to be a winner. And while I think that people who go around life saying, oh, there's winners and losers generally are just dicks. In, but there are do some that have to be winners and losers mm -hmm. in life. And so he I want him to make a decision of like, who is going to win? Is he going to uh, is he more is he does he care more about the specter of stability that's supporting the government and agencies like the GNC GRC? Does he care more about that? Or does he care about actual justice? Because right now he's he really loves comfort and is let and is saying he likes justice, but is not willing to give up the comfort that that requires. And so I want to see him make an active choice. And I don't want them to cop out and be like, "Well, guess what? Justice and comfort can coexist." Because like they can't, you know. And I think a lot of superhero stories and a lot of action stories tell the lie that like, oh, it turns out that the government can actually just save the day and everything's okay again. But I want to see an active choice made. Yep. <laughs> Sophia, how about you? What would you like to see in the finale? I want to see John get his ass whooped because we've seen <laughs> we've seen him make his shield, his little shield with his, his little dollar, um, dollar store shield, his little yeah. um trinket he got from the war, and we know he's coming. We know he's mm -hmm. coming. So there's going to be a fight, and I don't know if it's going to be with Sam because mm, I don't know if Sam can beat him. I don't know. We don't know. But I don't know if Sam could be him. So yeah, it's tough to I see where John wants to, right? Yeah. Like, so, where does John want to go with this? Is he trying to redeem himself by like taking down Carly? Is he trying to just like go after like anyone yeah. who's going to so get it? So I want to yeah. see him get his ass whipped. But I also want to see <laughs> Sam take a stand, if it makes sense, which would mean the show would stick the landing. I don't know if it's going to. I really yeah. don't know. But I want to see him take a stand. Like, I want to see if he's not just going to be the fixer and try to make sure everybody like try to fix fix everyone because he can't there's no way he's going to be able to fix everything so he has to like take the stand and do the right and do what not not the right thing but he has to take a stand and make a decision about what he's do a thing. do 
with being Captain America. <laughs> he has to make a decision of what he's going to do with that. Yeah. So not just be a pawn and not just do and not not just be a pawn in the situation. Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm I'm been intrigued on that aspect too. I'm very curious to see that. Jerome, how about you? Um, yeah, and where uh, Jake and Sophia are and just needing to see Sam take a stand on something, but just to, I, I was trying to think like, what is another thing that might be fun? Uh, I'll take a Bucky heel turn. Ooh. That's the one that's been on my mind. I'll take a Bucky and heel turn. And you know that I've been alluding to that. I, so. If anything, uh, if, there's, if there's anything that could be some level of shock or disappointment is the heartwarming nature of this episode and the resolution between the two characters. Let's burn it down next episode. I don't mind that at all. That would be interesting. Howard, how about you, sir? Yeah, I think we've got a unanimous panel here on that because it's <laughs> it's it's his show, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but this is a story about Sam Wilson. This yeah. is a story about Sam Wilson and responsibility in a lot of ways. If you want to take a Lord of the Rings, he's Aragorn. You know, what is your destiny? Are you man enough or are you person enough or do you have the heart strider this whole time? Exactly. To really step into what your destiny is. And in order to do that, because of the complications of his history and his race and everything else, it's going to have to be a fantastic turn for him to pull this off. And, and as of right now, you know, he's Barack, you know, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy who reaches across the aisle and makes sure everybody gets along and talks about the, you know, the better angels of our nature. And it's not going to be like this. And he's the post-racial guy and he's all of those things. And he's doing all of those things in the vacuum of his own ideals, not within the reality of what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. So the question is going to be, I'm very interested in seeing how are they going to position him with what he's looking at? Because Carly is unambiguous, right? Yeah. And he's the ambiguous one. He's the... She's the facts, he's the dream, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this you can do all the different parallels you want, whether it's Malcolm and Martin, whether it's Eric Lencher and, Mel and uh, Professor Xavier, whether, whatever one you, whichever storyline you want, where you have this character who is defending a system that doesn't care about you. If you are, you know, I mean, the best line of, this, of, the, of the entire series is, you know, They'll never let a black man be Captain America and no self-respecting black man would ever want to be or should ever right. be. Right? That's you, Sam. He's talking to you directly. Yeah. Directly. What are you going to do with that? That's what we want to see. That's what I want to see. And then even then, you see him with the shield, with the, with the, and then he's out there I forgot about that, the whole shield training situation. I, I will just note Uncle something Sam. about that scene. How much. How much do you think Anthony Mackie threatened to walk off the set where, and it's like, you're going to get slow motion shots of my muscles exactly. or else I'm not doing this show. <laughs> right, 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 like, right, right. Those, some of those gratuitous but shots, when you watch him, truly, it was exactly. like yeah, they briefly went into like Rocky. Exactly. You can't be a Marvel hero yeah. without having it's a glow. Rocky the, Everyone gets a Rocky glow and Apollo on the beach. But here's the problem. When you watch Anthony Mackie run it, he doesn't really inspire you to run. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're not developing the eye of the tiger at that point. Exactly. He's not that yeah. athletic, right? No. no. He just he has muscles, and it kind of looks weird on him, too. Like, I remember he was in that movie Pain and Gain with The Rock and Mark oh, Wahlberg. Yeah. And it's kind of like, is Anthony Mackie really a muscle guy? No. Like, is that his thing? It doesn't really work. Well, and also, you know, I'm not sure how much muscle you really have. You're a little... You know, he's not that cut. He's a he's right, right. than he's cut. Well, I would take his shots this episode. I he's love it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> than I he love is it. Cut. Wyatt, Anthony, you're all getting it. Um, 
Augie and the smoke. Oh, man, this yeah. is a this is, will, this is a great AC. I'm gonna just add yeah. one thing, and I'm gonna yeah, guess sure. like that's where everyone stands in terms of it because uh, when we're thinking about like where uh, Falcon or Sam like kind of takes that stand. I'm thinking most of us or like all of us are hoping it doesn't come that he's like pushed to the absolute limit that he has no choice but to do it, but actually is a little more active in his decision or where he goes. Cause yeah. I think, I think what has happened is like, he has been faced with overwhelming web evidence and experience yeah. at this point and still has like been steadfast and sticking to his ideals. Yeah. But he's uh, the American man. He's the American yeah. for black yeah. people. We're stuck. Do you, you know, okay. Right. You're going to fight this. You can't win. Right. You can't you're going to take up arms. You can't win. Right. You know, if that's going to be your approach against the United States where it's like. So, you know, if you what happens if you check out nothing. Right. What happens mm -hmm. if you lean in? Nothing. Right. So the question is really going to be like they they've set him up. He is the you know, he is the embodiment in the character of the story of America when it comes to, of black America when it comes to tactics. What mm -hmm. is the tactic to navigate hostile territory? And the funny thing too is that if you were to like just take his wings and join the Flag Smashers, it's not like they would win. Like the Flag Smashers would still lose, probably. They, <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like that they, they the GRC would certainly lose if the flag. Like I, I guess the unfortunate thing too, where it's like it's not like if he chooses to go against. Like if he, uh, it's, just because you're mentioning wings, uh, quick question, AC: How many Falcons do we get in the finale? <laughs> so that's interesting. Um, I feel like. I feel like it, the the Falcon scenario is definitely going to be a Terrence Howard next time main uh, okay. situation. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Tor 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 is just just like taking yeah. a nice look at it and hopefully uh, still remains cast and not replaced by Don Cheadle. <laughs> Basically. Worst, <laughs> Basically. Worst character ever, War Machine. <laughs> not a War Machine fan, huh? God. Well, once again, <laughs> talk about the you know, as the story goes, right? I mean, th this military industrial complex, right? No interest in War Machine. And what kind of name is War Machine? You're a good guy. Somebody name? used him on Twitter as a, as a, as a prop against um, the conversation um, of Isaiah. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Interesting yeah. times. One hundred percent. Yeah, it is kind oh of strange goodness. that he's still like, even through all the Avengers movies, he's still active duty military. It's like you haven't realized that maybe the U.S. Oh, yeah. military industrial complex is not the best way to go about all this. He, even after you fighting Thanos, he, he, he congratulations, he, Cap, you're a criminal. I'm like, our oh, favorite that's the worst line in the It really is. <laughs> and they, the um, fact they did oh, that to Don Cheadle, you're a criminal. And I loved you in Devil in a Blue Dress, man. And I loved you in Fort Worth, man. And I loved that cameo in Rush Hour. In Rush Hour 2, rather. I mean, all of it. But right. War Machine, not feeling it. Right. Yeah, you know, that's going to be fun. When you were a criminal. Yeah, it's, oh, my gosh. It's going to be very curious to see how he carries uh, Armor Wars. Um, that's, I, I don't know exactly how that's going to go. That's Does he show really up in the finale? I mean, he is in the series. Yeah, he was in the first episode, and yeah, yeah that's in it. Yeah, it's, I, I'm gonna guess that we'll probably get a few little mini cameos and whatever post credit scenes we might see. But um, yeah, well, well, we got the finale this week. We um, it should be. And notice, of course, be... the pattern. The Wandavision pattern holds true that you go through the whole thing, and in the final two episodes, you get Easter eggs. Right. Fair point. Yeah. It's it's all Fair planting point. for the next. You get yeah. post credits only in the final couple. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely not be surprised if that's the case. But um, this has been a great show, great conversation by everybody involved oh, here. 
Uh, appreciate both of our guests for joining us tonight. Sophia, thank you so much for, for being a part of the program with us. Uh, where can we follow you? On Twitter at um, Sophia underscore Loren 89. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she got, yeah she, she got great tweets, man. Y'all, y'all check her out. She's uh, she's very funny. Now, please ignore the Laker Twitter stuff because there's oh, <laughs> crazy stuff going on on Laker. That's Twitter. I mean, that's oh, all I'm gonna read. Trust me, I, I thought that's what we were gonna talk about for this episode. Oh, no. It's just like really deep dive and figure out what's happening. I mean, Jerome and I did have a conversation about a little bit about it, how he should have been the Photoshopper. That they, she would have gotten away with it if Jerome did the Photoshop. <laughs> Oh man, um, Howard. Of course, listen, man. You're always welcome anytime. You ain't gotta ask for no invite. You know the you know the deal. I, oh. I personally still prefer Howard just like putting out the feelers. Like I'm for that. Yeah, I, like we in the group chat. I'm just like, hey, did you like see we're how, Howard's some, tweet? Like we're, like we're some people who mean. Yeah, them. yeah. yeah. How, no, Howard's tweeting about <laughs> no. the MCU. Asking. There he goes again with I'm his like, big X Men analogy. <laughs> right? No, it's I great. Am. No, so, it, Howard, where can we where, where can we not only follow you, but I know you're writing the the Ricky Henderson book. Uh, yeah. How far along are you with that? What can you tell us? Wait, who are you as editor? You don't ask a question like that. Hey, right? look, listen, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. <laughs> and it's ready when it's ready. That's what I tell the editor. It's ready when it's ready. Uh huh. There you go. Like that. You know, do you want the cake to go into the store when it's not ready? Then it's not Fair ready. Point. There you go. You got to wait till it's mm-hmm. ready. Fair like, point. I'm ready to do like July first, but. It's ready when it's ready. Mm-hmm. So, so sounds like a plan. But I'm uh, at Jerome at Twitter as always. Oh, mm-hmm. that too, that too, definitely. Uh, Jerome, where can we follow you, sir? Uh, you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll on Twitter and uh, yeah, Instagram too, where I'm trying to learn how to skateboard. Oh, damn! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you that's yeah. I see the Rome dog yeah. getting the I, I, pipe. You going. know what? It's it's. Uh, I have no explanation. It's just I just felt like it. <laughs> You're the, you are the feds. <laughs> oh yeah, Sophia. Sophia's the right, feds. Right. I'm not. A, I'm not really the feds, y'all. It was. It's a. It's because of the sports. Pe- the sport. The because I like the sports teams. I do. Right. Ah. Uh, f- oh, I'm just noticing that. Oh, why did I follow you? I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, and Jake and Jake Christie, where can we follow you, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Christie. Listen to the other podcasts I do on the USA Network original series Monk with Andre Barrera called No Funkin' Strictly Monkin. Uh, we're in season six. You know, we're still we're still Monkin, not Funkin. It, you know how it is. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Black Dragon um, you can check out my- Black Dragon will just follow me. Hey, yes, yes, that's, yes. That's, <laughs> yes go. Love, love to see it. Love to see it. Love and uh, you can check it. out my work at uh, murphysmultiverse.com. Wrote yes. a, write a column every week on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, wrote on the character development of John, Bucky, and Sam uh, going into this finale. So you can check my work out there. Obviously, follow the show on Happy Twitter. Happy belated birthday, MC. Josiah. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, Happy yes. birthday to the king. To your son. Oh, thank you, thank you, you know? thank you. Josiah's oh, birthday was over, the, over this past weekend. Um, turning to getting bigger every day. You already know the deal when you have kids, they grow too quickly, way too quickly. Hey. So, oh, you mean like my, my 16 year old getting his license next week? Ooh, oh, oh, boy! My. <laughs> oh, my goodness, leave yeah. me. You can have hot flashes thinking about no, that. Wait. Um, and you, you could, you could obviously follow the show at MC University Pod 
Um, rate, review, subscribe. You know the whole nine yards. So for Sophia, for Howard Bryant, for Jerome Chang, and Jay Christie, I'm Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University. We will talk to you next time. Bye.